friend, if you have not yet blessed us with a donation, I just want to ask you personally, would you consider helping us with a one-time donation so we can produce more Bible teachings like this and reach many, many more people? And for all of you who have already blessed us with a donation, we say thank you. And please remember, for more of an impact, would you consider becoming a Christ-centered partner with us? All that means is that you will join hands with us and the Lord, and you will support us regularly with your prayer and your financial giving. And in return, we will also bless you back. And obviously, God, who is a giver, will bless you back abundantly, exceedingly, and you will be making a difference in the lives of hundreds and thousands of others with your financial giving. To become a Christ-centered partner, you can visit our website, drruthtanya.org, and learn more about that. So, before I leave, I just want to say one more time, if the Lord has put it in your heart to give, please don't ignore that. God will bless you back. Please take a step of faith. Visit our website today, drruthtanyorg slash donate. It is a safe and secure website. Make a one-time donation as you are led by the Lord or consider becoming a partner. And I just want to say thank you in advance for doing so. And I know that God in his faithfulness will bless you back abundantly, exceedingly. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. And we proceed right away to Numbers chapter 12. So what is the gist of this chapter? In this chapter, we will learn how Miriam and Aaron would oppose Moses because of their jealousy. And we will learn how the Lord would deal with this jealousy that uh, Moses' siblings expressed towards him. This will teach us a lesson how the Lord takes the sinful emotion of jealousy seriously. So let us begin. Verse 1, Miriam and Aaron began to talk against Moses because of his uh, Cushite wife, for he had married a Cushite. Apparently, the scripture doesn't teach us, but many Bible scholars believe that this was the second wife of Moses. Because remember, Moses' first wife was called Zipporah, and she was from Midian. And now we are introduced to the wife of Moses, who is a Cushite. Apparently, uh, the Cushite uh, came from the area of Ethiopia. So this lady was... Uh, black okay today we would say she was african-american from the ethiopian area so uh, uh miriam and aaron could not find any fault in moses's leadership and they were just jealous of uh, moses's position and relationship with the lord and instead of them attacking moses directly they attacked his wife, knowing that they would get to Moses through that. So verse 2, 
Here is what they said. Has the Lord spoken only through Moses? <laughs> they ask. That sentence right there is a sentence of somebody who is jealous. Has God only spoken to you? That is what uh, Miriam and Aaron are essentially saying. Uh, hasn't he also spoken through us? And the Lord had this. So we see how Aaron and Moses are complaining and jealous of Moses saying that, has God just talked to you alone? He also talked to us. Just They, they were just jealous. Again, sibling rivalry. Jealousy among siblings. Very common. I'm sure you would agree. Verse 3. Now Moses was a very humble man, more humble than anyone else on the face of the earth. You know, some uh, Bible scholars believe that Moses did not actually write this sentence about himself. Uh, they believe that it was come, uh, after Moses had died. This was one of those uh, verses that through inspiration was written by another author unknown. Okay, just that sentence. But again, it's just opinion of the scholars. We don't know. Regardless, that sentence was inspired by God. Whether I came from Moses directly or through somebody else after Moses died, in my view, that is irrelevant because God inspired it. Bottom line, Moses was a humble man. And humility here doesn't mean weak, like so many people get confused. All that means in a nutshell, because I, I don't have the time to teach on this, Jesus was a very humble man. Jesus and Moses were the two people that the scripture teaches that were very humble. This just means they were very submissive to God. They were excellent servants. They obeyed the Lord and they submitted to the teachings of God and they honored God more than anybody else. And they had phenomenal almost a supernatural ability to control and manage their emotions. They were consistent. They were steadfast. A humble person is somebody who is actually very powerful, has a lot of authority, has a lot of power, but by choice, they decide to humble themselves and be obedient and submissive to God's Commandments, God's decrees or ordinances, because God is a humble God, okay? They are not proud. They don't take credit for themselves. They don't elevate or exalt themselves. They elevate or exalt Christ all the time. So in a nutshell, that is really what humility means. Somebody who is truly has learned how to walk in self-control supernaturally and give God all the credit. So Moses was a very humble man, which I'm sure you would agree. We've been learning a lot about Moses throughout these uh, first few books of the Bible, and we have learned how he had a phenomenal close encounter with the Lord, yet he never boasted about his own uh, prowess. He never elevated himself. He would only teach the people what the Lord commanded him. So those are all evidence of a humble man. Verse 4. Uh, At once the Lord said to Moses, Aaron and Miriam, 
come out to the tent of meeting, all three of you. So the Lord was not pleased by the fact that Aaron and Miriam complained about Moses. So the three of them went out. Before I even discuss verse 5, one thing we need to talk about right here is that, as mentioned earlier, Aaron and uh, his sister Miriam actually had displaced resentment towards Moses, but they attacked the wife, okay? We have to be careful. When we are experiencing resentment, jealousy towards people's gifts, callings, leadership, we have to know that God is not pleased with that. We need to never allow such emotions to go unchecked. What I mean by that is we have to grab those thoughts and say, no, this is not of God. This is either of myself or from the enemy. And I refuse to be consumed by these emotions because jealousy, resentment, envy would destroy you. Okay. And a lot of times people who are cowards may have a grudge against somebody else. And you know what they would do? Because they are cowards, because they are not able to confront their emotions, they will attack something about the person. For example, some of you may have a grudge against your sister. Some of you may have a grudge against your employer. The best thing to do is to go talk to your employer. Humble yourself, go talk to your employer. Humble yourself, go talk to your sister. But some of you, some people, you know what they would do? Instead of going to the employer directly, they would start to badmouth the workplace. They would start to spread false rumors about the workplace. Or if it's about a sister or relative, they would start to spread false rumors about the sister's children or the way the sister is raising his or her, or her children, rather. They would start to spread false rumor in the family gathering about how the sister is raising her children. But that is not the issue. The issue is that they have an issue with the sister directly. But because they are coward, they would say something about the sister's children or household. Or because they are coward, they will say something about the employment, the workplace, rather than talking to the employer directly. That is really what we see happening here between Miriam and Aaron. They could not talk to Moses directly, so they attacked the wife. So the bottom line is that we need to have control of our, our emotions. We need to pause and evaluate why we are experiencing the kinds of emotions we are experiencing. If it's ungodly, we need to refuse to dwell on them we need to confess it we need to pray and and we would be better off to directly go to the person we have an issue with and talk with them in humility rather than complaining behind their back or spreading rumors okay in jesus name i hope you receive that so in verse 5 then the Lord came down in a pillar of cloud. Now, the Lord had heard the complaint. He wasn't very pleased. So the Lord had told Moses to bring Miriam and Aaron to come right there and present themselves at the tent of meeting. And the Lord appeared and the Lord was going to pronounce judgment 
against their complaint. Again, telling us that God is not pleased when we are jealous or when we have resentful thoughts towards others. So let's take a look at what the Lord would say. Verse 6, he said, listen to my words. This is God speaking now. When there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, reveal myself to them in visions. I speak to them in dreams. Again, we see God telling us through these verses how he speaks to his prophets in visions and in dreams. Verse 7, but this is not true of my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. Verse 8, with him I speak face to face clearly and not in riddles. He sees the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? So you get it. This is pretty much self-explanatory. The Lord is just reminding Aaron and Miriam that him, God, has a close relationship with Moses, even more than prophets. He is saying that God, that Moses knows him personally. And he is questioning Aaron and Miriam why they had to despise Moses. Verse 9, the anger of the Lord burned against them and he left them. Verse 10, when the cloud lifted from above the tent, Mariam's skin was leprous. Essentially, God brought the judgment against uh, Mariam and she developed leprosy, which was one of the most devastating, incurable diseases during that era where you would have to go on isolation. So the Lord uh, punished her and... Uh, she became leprous. And then we see Aaron begging Moses to plead with the Lord to heal her. Uh, and uh, that is what verse 11 is teaching us. And also verse 12 is teaching us how Aaron went on to beg Moses that Moses should not allow the Lord to leave Miriam like a stillborn. Verse 13, so Moses had compassion. He cried out to the Lord, please God heal her. Verse 14, the Lord replied to Moses, if her father has spit in her face, would she not have been in disgrace for seven days? Confine her outside the camp for seven days. After that, she can be brought back. True, we serve a God who is compassionate, but God still had to bring upon punishment to Miriam for this act of disrespecting Moses. So back then in that culture, to spit in somebody's face was a very disgraceful, condescending thing. So the Lord is just saying that if um, her father has spit in her face, would she not have been in disgrace for seven days? So... God is really comparing that, that condescending act of spitting on somebody's face with how Miriam treated Moses. So he is saying that, okay, confine her for seven days. Because again, back in this culture, if somebody spits on your face, the punishment was seven days of confinement. So Miriam 
went into confinement for seven days so she could think really hard about her resentment and jealousy towards her brother. And um, verse 15, so Mariam was confined outside the camp for seven days and the people did not move on till she was brought back. This is powerful because we see how this act of Mariam, who was actually also a leader, again, you have to remember, God really had to bring this punishment as a leader so others would not copy her behaviors. And because of this, the entire camp could not proceed to their journey towards a promised land because Mariam's act of disobedience slowed them down because because she had to be in confinement for seven days until she's healed from that leprosy. So this is what happens when leaders disobey God. We truly, we bring problems to the flocks, okay? Because as leaders, people are watching us. People are really looking up to us, dependent on us to teach them the decrees of God, to explain God's laws, when we disobey God, it brings a lot of discouragement to the followers and it, it, it really has the potential to slow down the, the, the followers' journey with the Lord. And this is really what we are seeing here because some followers, especially weak Christians, they get easily defeated when a leader is, is uh, exposed as, as sinful or exposed as uh, fraud, fraudulent or exposed to have uh, committed a sin against God, when a leader is exposed, the followers, some of them just get discouraged. They don't go to church. They don't study their Bible. So in essence, that would slow their relationship with the Lord, which is not a good thing, but that is what happens when leaders go astray, which is what we are learning from these verses, that when Miriam disobeyed the Lord and spoke poorly against her brother, it slowed down the entire camp for one week and slowed down the uh, progress of the journey of the Israelites for one week while she was in confinement. Verse 16, after that, the people left Hezeroth and encamped in the desert of Paran. So we have come to the end of this uh, powerful chapter and the lessons we have learned, obviously, is that God takes jealousy, resentment seriously. And he has told us throughout his word. And we went over that in the book of Exodus when we went over the Ten uh, Commandments. The Lord is clear, do not be covetous. Do not covert your neighbor's property. Uh, don't be jealous. Because those emotions have deadly consequences. Again, remember Cain and Abel out of Genesis, okay? Cain had jealousy and resentment towards his brother Abel, and he killed him. So we see how God had to impose a severe punishment, which was actually lenient towards Miriam because of that jealousy, resentful emotion. And it's interesting that this chapter doesn't tell us that Aaron was also punished, but we are not told that here. But obviously, Aaron learned a big lesson from what the Lord did to Miriam. And Aaron actually felt remorseful because he went to Moses and apologized. 
So we know that Aaron was actually feeling very bad and he actually acknowledged that he was wrong and asked for forgiveness. So by that, we can imply that that emotional torture and trauma was weighing heavily on his heart as well. So that brings us to the end of chapter 12. Okay, so what are the major principles that we have learned out of chapters 11 and 12? Principle number one, jealousy. We know how the Lord is ticked off when we become jealous of others. Jealousy, the emotion of jealousy is never, never from God. It's, it's either from yourself or you are being enticed by your enemy, the devil. Okay, so we learned from these uh, chapters how God was very ticked off at Miriam and Aaron because of their expressed jealousy towards Moses. So that is something that the Lord takes seriously and will discipline us if we do not attack or deal with the emotion of jealousy right away. So that is not something to take lightly. Principle number two, lustful desires. We learned how the Israelites allowed their cravings for meat to become a lustful desire, and the Lord had to impose a final judgment on some of them. Again, teaching us how the ungodly emotion of lust is never from God. And we know this, okay? Lustful desires can lead to dangerous consequences, major sins, and the Lord would not allow us to carry on lustful desires without disciplining us. So we learned that in these uh, chapters. And the third major principle here is that of leadership. We learned how God will discipline leaders because leaders do have a potential to slow down the progress of others because others are watching. We saw how the Lord had to discipline Miriam because of her jealousy, emotion towards um, Moses. And as a result of that, the entire camp had to slow down for about a week. As such, it slowed down their progress into the promised land. So what are the major applications? This is pretty obvious. Jealousy is never, never from God. You cannot allow the ungodly emotion of jealousy to go unchecked. What I mean by that is when you are feeling the emotion of jealousy towards somebody else, you need to quickly turn to the Lord, ask for repentance, ask the Holy Spirit to enable you to overcome that emotion. Because if you do not, if you do not fight against the ungodly emotion of jealousy, it would consume you and it would lead to ungodly behaviors and you will end up hurting yourself. All right. Remember the story of Cain and Abel. We went over that in Genesis or in the book of Genesis. So you are never, never to tolerate the emotion of jealousy. You need to overcome it right away. A second major application here is that of lust. We talked about that. We need to really surrender our carnal, lustful 
desires to the Lord and ask the Holy Spirit to help us to overcome our carnal cravings. Because if we do not fight against our carnal cravings, they would consume us and it would bring negative consequences in our lives. So we need to learn how to live above our carnal desires and cravings, okay? Least we would uh, act like the Israelites who were craving for meat, 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 and God allowed them to have meat. But in the, in the middle of them eating the meat, a final judgment came upon them. I am not saying that God will strike you dead, but you do not want to, to allow the carnal, lustful desires to control you. That is a sin, and your enemy would use that against you to, to bring havoc into your life. So you must learn to overcome your carnal, fleshy desires and walk by faith and not by how you feel. And lastly, uh, the last major application here pertains to leaders. As leaders, okay, we have the potential to slow down the progress of the flock. And God is going to discipline us because God loves his flocks so much, he would not allow a leader to mislead people. Eventually, God would have to discipline the leader if the leader is not taking heed to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. So as leaders, we have a responsibility to be acutely aware that we have the potential to slow down the progress or the spiritual progress of others. So we need to be very mindful of that and learn from the example of Miriam so that we don't uh, get into the same situation where God has to discipline us and as a result, causing discouragement to our followers. So those were the major principles and application, and I hope you received them in Jesus' name. So Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for all of the lessons we have learned in these chapters out of the book of Numbers. We desire to serve you wholeheartedly. We desire to be people, men and women, who are able to tame our carnal desires we ask you today for your Holy Spirit to strengthen us, for your Holy Spirit to enable us to live above our carnal desires because we want to serve you. We want to glorify you through our actions, through our speech, and through our thoughts. We believe by faith you will help us with these endeavors. We ask this in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody says, so as you proceed with your day today, remember that God is with you, always, enabling you to overcome in Jesus' name. I am Chris Oram. Stay blessed and bye for now.